Ever wonder what the dog in your life is thinking? Well, join me, Liz Murdoch, animal communicator, talking with the dogs and finding out what dogs want people in their lives to know and understand. I've spent my life talking and listening to animals. So if you consider yourself a dog person or just happen to have a dog, I'm here to help you learn how to talk or listen to the dogs in your life. I chat with people too, sharing stories and tips on exactly how animal communication or being a dog whisperer makes an impact at home or when working with the dogs. So welcome to Talking with the Dogs podcast, a place where we uncover exactly what dogs want us to know and celebrate that every dog has a story. This episode is brought to you by Noble Pet Foods. No nonsense, no bull. Go to noblefoods.com, use promo code DOGTALK15, and they'll deliver dog food to your house with Noble. Murdoch here back with Talking with Dogs. I have a guest today I'm very excited about. My dogs are excited about. They're barking <laughs> in the background. Uh, Brooke Newman, you are a memoirist. You are called, but in reading your book, I have it right here, Not Always Home Before Dark, I thought it was funny that you're a memoirist because it's really all about Cajun and Cajun steals the show from you. So I just wanted to share that for listeners is is that she is a memoirist. She's written the very popular book, The Little Turn, that I looked up and is still quite popular throughout the world. And she has a new book that just came out about Cajun, her dog from who was rescued from the Aspen shelter came from Hurricane Katrina. So Cajun has quite a story to tell. But what I love about your, your writing about Cajun is that it's not about Cajun's poor story about Katrina. And it just is a great, great example for anyone listening who needs a good book to read. It's about what happens when a dog is adopted and is allowed to just flourish. And that's exactly what you did both in Cajun's life and in telling Cajun's story. So welcome, oh, Brooke. You. I'm so glad to have you. How long has your book been out? Not not very long, probably now just about four weeks. But mm-hmm. um, so it's fun. It's always, you never know what's going to happen when you have a book come out. It's very entertaining. You wrote your, your book several years after he passed away and you were coming out of a time where you had written another book and I guess you didn't feel quite like writing much and you you were sort of traumatized (laughs) by that experience um, you shared and I want to know what prompted you to finally write this book about Cajun. You know that's a great question. Um, I actually started writing before Cajun passed away because the a lot of the things that happened and with Cajun for Cajun by Cajun um, were just so funny and interesting and somewhat unusual that uh, people would ask me, you know, you've got to write these stories, you've got to put this down. And as a writer, I you know, I always I kept writing even though I had a difficult time with the book before uh, I did Not Always Home Before Dark um, because it was just, it it was a big deal book and I tend to be 
a very private person and it was a little more than I could handle. Anyway, and, and Cajun and I had a lot of conversations about those years that when it was so tough. And so I started writing the stories um, before he passed away. And then actually when I went through that time when he was older and sick, you know, I was kind of paralyzed by it too. So it took a while after he died that I said, you know, I, I, I actually felt, I felt it was a privilege to kind of have Cajun ever in my life. Right. And that if I could shepherd his story, because it was emotional, but it, he was, he had this great sense of humor alongside being a very serious um, dog. I mean, he, like, like everyone and every animal wants to have security and love, but he had, he had this ridiculous sense of humor. And so I wanted that to come through um, for, for all the people who both knew him and never knew him because yeah. there are People who have dogs and love dogs, as you know, we all have great stories about things our dogs did. It's not as if Cajun story is unique. It, and that's what made it more um, important for me to tell because it's not unique. It's something we all share like these ridiculous stories that dogs get us into <laughs> as people. Right. Um, so. Right. That, I mean, that was it. You know, I just felt I, I have to tell this story. So you don't really go into detail on what he needed. You right. go into detail about his life once he recovered. True. And that is so huge, which many people want to hold on to those rescue details. Right. And you allowed him to put it sort of on the bookshelf and not make it the whole story of his life. It's like that happened. It was obviously awful because he's haunted by when there's storms you right. share that in the book what happens when storms come so he didn't like storms but you still allowed him to live the life that honored who he was for instance and it was sort of in the beginning I was like oh my gosh because he likes to wander right and you allowed him I was like why didn't you just put him on a leash <laughs> and I know you, you know, I live in California where there's leash laws and it's like, it's yeah. and all of that. And so what was that like letting him wander in a community and how the community took that? I mean, you talk a bit about yeah. the book, but it's still like, wow. Or you wait for him for hours to come back. I know hours and hours that, you know, it's fascinating the way you um, put that question together, because I think most people, when you rescue a dog, you wonder what they went through before. I mean, yes, you think, comes up all the time. You know, yeah. And you wonder which maybe you have more insight into because you have an ability to understand them in ways, but we try to figure it out as best we can. Right. But at the end of the day, um, we all know that what they need the most is that security and that love. Right. And for me, C Cajun had such a need to wander. I mean, yes, I could have had him on a leash all the time. And as I said in the book, 
I'm horrible about caging animals. Like I zoos are not a place that make me happy unless it's the San Diego Zoo. I I have a difficult time seeing birds caged. I know that there are a lot of birds that are really happy, you know, in, in households, but it doesn't work for me. I have a very difficult time with caged or chained um, animals. I just mm-hmm. do. That's me. That's right. my problem. Not It wasn't Cajun's problem. And maybe he would have been safer, but I don't know better off because there was a love we had and I let him do this. And, um, you know, thank God he never got hurt uh, yeah. or, or stolen, which obviously I worried about all the time. But Aspen is a very dog friendly town and Mm -hmm. there are leash laws, um, not everywhere. Like Mm -hmm. there are places you can hike or walk without uh, without a dog on a leash. So having lived here so long, I mean, I've been here uh, over 50 years. And when I first came, there were no leash laws. I mean, there were sometimes animal control people around, but So, and I lived in different areas. I had horses and dogs and there was never, there there were no leash laws. So I I kind of brought that into my ballywick for for Cajun. And when he, cause I've had dogs, I've never had a dog that had such a need to wander. And well, it seemed to work for him and everybody else. It sounds like he, I don't want to give things away, but the, the people who reported back, they all loved it. Yeah. Well, he's part of their pack. He made, yeah. He made friends. He was very Southern. He was like very, he, he loved a good party. He loved music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as, as much as he had all these issues, um, he, uh, he, he was, in a bizarre way, very um, engaging and outgoing. And then he wanted to go home. And then it was, I'm, I'm done with that party, I'm going home. Uh, so it did work for him. I mean, it, it, there were, at, thank God, he, nothing ever happened. I would have such guilt. I never had, as I said, I never had a dog that wandered so much mm-hmm. and had such a need. Like you opened the door and he was gone. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he never, we don't, I don't live near big highways where there's mm-hmm. traffic. So, and, you know, he was obviously savvy. He knew where he was going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, you, I definitely got the sense of that because by, by once I got past that part, I think because I live in LA, yeah. where there's, and I, and I just did another interview with someone about her lost dog and finding it and what people go oh. through. I work with lost dog groups. So it took me a while to sort yeah. of shift, but I got, once I got past that, I was like, oh my gosh. And then what happened? And it was clear that he was living the life that was his you know, flourishing life. And it, it made me think about, you know, I almost wanted to have a disclaimer. Not everyone should yeah. just sit home with their dog. No, I agree. And but I had guilt at writing it that way. I mean, I did, I thought maybe I shouldn't tell people, maybe I shouldn't admit that I let him have his wandering ways, you know, it would be better. But the reality was that if you're going to tell the story, either you tell it honestly, right. or, you, or you don't tell it. And 
that's my flaw. It is a flaw that I don't, that I walk around with the dogs off leash, you know, so much. Yeah. Uh, the dogs I have now are never more than a few feet, but they're to criticize me about this would be correct. I get that, which I say in the book. No, it is true. Yes, it is true that I should not have let him wander so much. He could have, he could have gotten run over. He could have well, gotten stolen. I don't know if I feel like you you shouldn't have. I mean, in, in our traditional world, no, you shouldn't have, but in sort of in like a perfect world, you did exactly the right thing. That's that's the <laughs> that's the that's the conflict of me yeah. thinking. Like, oh, you know, what are we doing having our dogs cage? Yeah. But your dogs are also, you know, trained. They, they, well, he didn't come when you called, but he came back. <laughs> you right. know, it is a very interesting story. And I'm glad you told it. And I wouldn't want to shut it down. If anything, I want people to read it because it, it does show, you know, what happens when we honor who our dogs really are. He may have been miserable and not lived nearly as long. He may have been depressed. Who knows if right. he'd been you know, home, you know, most of the day with an hour walk in the morning and a 20 minute walk in the evening, which a lot of dogs, that's all right. Right. So we don't really know. And I certainly don't want to judge you. I wanted a question. No, no, no. I get like, that. Okay, good. Cause I do live in LA and leash laws and people freak out about that kind of thing. So I think it's for me, I thought it was interesting discussion. You know, when I first got Cajun, obviously I wondered, um, as I said before, where he'd been, what had happened. But there were certain things in relation to this, letting him have his way. He, he clearly, he never scratched on a door. He never barked. Mm -hmm. I felt he had lived on the streets. Um, he had scars around his eyes. He came to us with a collar that had spikes on it and this was the sweetest dog ever yeah um and I felt that he had lived a street life he might have yeah I don't know that for sure yeah but that's what I thought and that he had never been confined and so he had been through such a trauma that when I first fostered him I I didn't want to over traumatize him by saying now you're confined again he did not do well um confined you decided to keep him but you still understood who he was you weren't trying to make him into some other oh I love this right. dog he reminds me of someone else or oh I want him to be my running partner you right. accepted him and that is what I think so many people need to either learn or remember that we can't make our dogs be something that it doesn't work as well if we try right. and make them into something who their essence is not. And people get into, you know, challenges with their animals when they try and, you know, say, you know, you're, you're going to be the best friend of my kids. And then the dog doesn't want to, or you're going to be a dog for my daughter and the dog bonds with the mother. So, That's a fascinating point that you're making. It is. Because we do that as parents too, right. trying to make a child be whom he or she isn't. Yeah. Um, and Cajun was another child, uh, as my, all my dogs are. Right. Um, and he he wasn't gonna be what he didn't want to be. But 
I, I think that's a really important point you're making. I really do, both Thank in you. terms of this story, but I think it's a, a it's more than a fascinating point. Like not all dogs want to be with small children or with big people or men or women. Right. They have their own. So what you're saying is, I think it's a really good point. Thank you. Well, you highlight that in your book. That's how you, that's how you allowed Cajun to live his life. The other thing you talk about in the book is about the time in his senior years where you spent a lot of time on the lazy boy chair and, and all of that. And it made me think of people who say, you know, get the dog off the couch and all of that. And again, you honored what it was that your dog needed, but also what you felt you needed to, mm -hmm. you know, just deal with that life transition. Right. So, no, I, yes, that, that, that's true. I mean, I, I think the most ludicrous the story about him being uh, going to the top of the mountain after mm -hmm. the snowstorm right. and coming down on that gondola right. when everybody was so excited but, and I was just dying with the thought of how much it was going to cost me to right. you had assume something. But I was also angry at him. Like, how could you do this to me? <laughs> this is going to cost me ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 maybe at the same right. time, you know, like a lost child you, oh thank god he's coming down on the gondola how could you do this to me oh thank god he's coming right <laughs> but um you know it was such an endearing it, it was a turning point that that event uh because In what it, way? well because you know, he, he had been everywhere. He had been in right. a swimming pool in the middle of town. And then I had looked as I always did for hours and hours and couldn't find him. And I was angry and I was upset. And then when I got the call that he was at the top of the mountain, you know, you're relieved, but you're angry right? <laughs> and you're frightened. And it just kind of put together everything that um, because it wasn't, it was maybe three years after I had first or two and a half years after I had first met Cajun and uh -huh. he had come into my life that that happened. And I had spent so many, as I said, hours yeah. and hours looking for him. And this was a turning point because it was everything. As I said, I was angry. Mm. I was happy. I was elated that he had made so many friends mm -hmm. and I was again angry what, what mm -hmm. are you thinking going on <laughs> you know? right it's like a parent very much yeah and and he was so welcomed by the community and by other people because he both needed love but he was lovable and right. and that was the essence of it that was the essence of that of Cajun yeah, it was so lovable, even though he had so much damage. Um, yeah, I think that's another one of those, you know, the threads of the story that makes it more than just a dog story is that, you know, he wasn't a dog, a person. And you talk about that and how he was, you did not view him as another person. You knew he was a dog, but it just shows just like people, we have our flaws and by embracing both, it just shows the love of what the human experience of loving a dog, why yeah. we get so attached because it is like loving a person, the good and the bad. But so, what do you think? What I'd like to know your thoughts, you know, 
I personally have conversations with my dogs all the time, uh-huh. whether they're out loud or in my mind. Okay. With Cajun, even more so. Yes. Um, I mean, about everything, every, the most intimate details of my life I would share with Cajun. Okay. What do you think? I'd like to know how, how much do they get? I know they get when you're sad or angry, but what do you think they get? So I think it depends on the dog, just like a person. I think that from my experience, you know, I, I have understood dogs since I was five years old and I, you know, don't really understand it. I just do it. And I feel very called to advocate for them and I tune in. So I'm going to like with Cajun, I think there his, his biggest thing was the, the wisdom. And that's from like tuning into him him now, whatever it is I can get is that there was this wisdom as a sounding board. And that when you would talk to him, the, I I get a sense that his initial response would be to put it back on you. Like any good therapist might do and say, well, what do you think? (laughs) And that's probably what you needed more than an actual solution. And whereas Mm -hmm. some dogs might be like, I don't know, um, but let's go for a walk because that's right. what some people need. And I think that, you know, there are people who think that animals are here to teach us. I don't think they're here to teach us. I think they can teach us just like anybody else can if we're open. And sometimes we're open huh. to more. Right. In conversations with dogs, sometimes it is just we want someone to talk to and we're not opening up. Like I can talk to, one of my dogs or a dog and say, you know, so what do you think of this book? Should I read it? And <laughs> I might just want to talk, to, you know, just I'm being flip, just yeah. sort of like, ha right. ha, but that might be satisfying enough for me. But if I tune in, you know, my whole process that I, I do and that I teach and I, I really want to know, and I'm open to any answer without preconceptions which I think my sense from how you describe your relationship, you did more of that with Cajun later in life. And I think that when we start looking for an answer on how much do they understand, right? One, it depends on the dog. And two, it depends. I think they understand a lot and I don't know why I think, you know, it's a controversial question. Is that just sort of like an energetic thing? Maybe I don't really know. I'm just happy to do it. Um, but I, to answer your question, yes, I think that they know a lot more and it's just like, there's a lot more in this world that we don't understand. We have our moments of flow where it's like, Oh, and then, you know, like you wrote a book, you weren't happy with how it all played out, but you, (laughs) you took time off with it and you wrote about Cajun, maybe not realizing that this was going to come, but we don't understand, but it, it's all sort of good. You know, you're in this pandemic now and you're having fun because you get to promote this book. <laughs> but, you know, the one thing I always felt and I can visualize so many occasions with Cajun yeah. that he said to me mm-hmm. was stop, take your time. It's okay. I mean, he, you know, I, I know that sounds simplistic, but I don't feel that my other dogs say that to me he did he'd look at me I would be stressing and I'd be in the car and I'd look around I'd have this stressed out and he'd look at me and 
he would say to me, I felt, yeah, you just take your time. It's okay. Just slow up slow See, he's this wise soul and when you know, when you said about the other dogs would never say that that's because they're different so they right. might say like are you going to eat that you know <laughs> right. ah, i would really <laughs> like that right you know they're so different and right and they're different with different people so you know when right. i work with couples i just worked with a couple and and one of their pets and you know, like I end with what would your dog like you to know? And, and he's something really philosophical with this one person going right. on about, you know, there was something about grief and going on about that. Right. And then the other person, the dog is saying something about, you know, time in the kitchen. And it's like, you know, I'm sorry, it's not right. deeper, but this is what your dog is saying. And, and right. same dog, different person that they right. live with. Right. So yes, your other dogs are talking to you maybe not as much. If I talk to one dog today, it might tell me five things and tomorrow it might say nothing. Right. They always say something, not very, but it just, it's like people who we share what we want to share and when and with who. I think it's not just what we bring to them. Oh, uh, what, what does Cajun need or another dog need? It's what they bring to us. Um, and, and and if we, if we look at it is that what they bring to us, oh, he's teaching me about resilience. He was in Hurricane right. Katrina. It was awful. We can assume that, but I don't think that's what he was really bringing you. I yeah. think that all that other stuff about his, his going with the flow and, oh, I met you today. Oh, I met right. you and not being, you know, all you, there's multitude of things that. But that's you, what fascinates me about what you do. Because to me, no, seriously, (laughs) to me, it was what Cajun had to say to me, which is what you have an intuitive ability uh, to capture. But very few of us, I mean, I don't know anybody else who, (laughs) I've never met anybody. Like you bring that, that you, if you had known Cajun, you could have helped me to decipher what he was saying to me as much as I loved him and he loved me and as close as we were um I I can't say that I always knew what he was saying to me so it it, to me when I heard about you Mm -hmm. and what your gift is had so much more import um No, because you could make that love stronger. You could give a better um, life to and with that dog, which is not to say that I feel guilty. Cajun had and I had a wonderful love story, but I would have liked to have had your kind of insight into what is he telling you? Um, Because I ask that question all the time and it's, it's a gift. Like I've never met anybody who, who had that, you know, and as much as, as I've said, I've always had animals. I never had that. Yeah. So I have a question for you then. Thank you for all that. (laughs) It, I, I do want to help people. And I mean, clearly that's my, why I want to help people have that bond. But when you talk about canceling the the appointments with the vet, because you, you knew something 
because I had an, I had a dog and I remember saying to my family, the vet's on his way. And they were like, yeah. what? And I'm like, it's time. It's, it's, I know it's time. And I think that, and it, and it was time because there are times where people are just, it's, it's never going to be time, but someone has to sort of lead that call, but you canceled it because you had some knowing you had to have had a knowing sense. Whether, I still feel guilty. Can you talk about that? You still feel guilty? I do. I think about it not every day. And Cajun died two and a half years ago, but I mm -hmm. think about it a lot. You know, could he have lived longer? Did I do the right thing? It's my own guilt. Yeah. Because he was, it was, it was a struggle for him. Struggle. It, and I hated that I put him, or I didn't put him through the struggle, but that I wasn't willing to let go. Um, at the same time, I feel terribly guilty that I, I just wanted him to die on his own, you know, in his sleep. Yes. yes. It, it was awful. Don't we all want that? <laughs> so, yes, I'd like it for myself. <laughs> but at the same yes. time as a human being, yeah. if I were in that condition, and I've told my kids that, shoot me take me out and shoot me, you know, just don't make me suffer. So, but when you love someone else or a dog so much, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It was, I have, I still have guilt that I don't know. So what you're saying is, I mean, it's a, it's a very profound time in life when yeah. you're confronted with this time of a transition. And in generalities, what I find is that the dogs never want anyone carrying around guilt. And what they usually do oh. is have some kind of message of, and not everyone wants to connect, you know, so that's another thing for listeners. You don't okay. have to connect, but just knowing that dogs typically, no, not typically, I've never had a dog say, yeah, you messed up. You messed up. You know, it's, it's, ne yeah. <laughs> it's never yeah. been like that. Yeah. In the cases I've done, it's always yeah. about something more. And so I think the process of grief, dealing with grief and examining why we have that guilt that the dogs it's it's more about us and and true so i just want to share that both to you and for listeners um that's because true it's it's more about us and why are we holding on to that grief? true because if if he had lived another 20 years you would yeah. still there still comes a time where an animal is going to cross over true well and also and this may sound awful, but I would rather, uh, if I had passed away before Cajun, mm -hmm. oh, I would not want to um, think about his suffering mm -hmm. of, of losing me. Right. I mean, not that I was sick, but that I'm just saying, sometimes you have to think about that side of it too, which tells you something that, you know, when it is time, I mean, we, we're not immortal. So when it is time and, you know, it definitely Cajun, at the end of his life, he, his struggle was so, so um, dire. 
Um, and his lack of self-respect, he was incontinent. He couldn't get up. He got, right. when he got up, he couldn't, he would fall unless the lack of self-respect, I think says something to all of us. That's not how we want to go. So, you know, whether it's time or, or whatever, it doesn't mean I still don't feel horribly that I had to have, you know, see the end and be the person who's who said okay it is time um yeah but but i but i i do know that i would want that for myself so you so that's where the guilt comes in you got to let it go because that's what you would want for yourself and the people and things you care for that's right that's right but letting it go is not an easy thing and it's not something that I think we should add more guilt too. Like, oh, I am right. supposed to let it go. I should have let it go last week, but I still had. <laughs> I thought I let it go. Right. So, right. You know, they they give they can share what they can, bits of pieces. Yes. But then it's still up to the people to just to to decide or be able to. Yes. You know, sort of put it down and. You know, it, when I'm done receiving something and sharing it, it's always like a it's a, it's a breath. Yes. And it's that breath of, of letting it go that way that we don't need to carry the guilt. We can still miss them and all of that. Yes. But feeling guilty as if we actually, right. it is, it's like, we're thinking we're in charge. We don't know that's that true. he might not have passed away the next 10 minutes or something. No, that's true. That's just part of life. It's sad, but it's also that you had such a great opportunity and privilege of having that in your life. That's right. So that's what makes the book so great. <laughs> yeah. Because you have these stories and that's also why I feel compelled. You know, I could sit around and talk to dogs all day and I, you know, right. I get I, clients, I get referrals. I could do just that. And I remember I was sitting right here and I was like, I can't just do this. I need to do more with this information that I'm getting. And, and part of that are the really? dog stories and that people want. I mean, I didn't know Cajun, but I was like, oh, what's next? Oh gosh. Yeah. I understand that. I can relate. I'm in community with you about knowing what it's like to not let go. The other thing to me was how important it is to, to rescue that, that yes. that's like that you know, it's not the essence of the story, but it is in part, like, I just cannot imagine not rescuing, you know, a pet. Um, If if I, if a pet is coming into, whether it's one of my kids' lives, or it's always, oh, please, there are all these wonderful dogs, cats, donkeys. (laughs) Um, There are. the, The rescue part, to me was a very big uh, part because I, I had I had rescued dogs before and horses, but not not formally, not through the animal shelter. It was either a dog left on the street or a, a, you know one of my kids couldn't deal with a dog or mm-hmm. so this was my first genuine experience of not having a dog or whatever dropped off of my feet. Um, and, and it is an extraordinarily awesome, awesome experience because those dogs know it. Oh, they, know it. they do. You know, that it seems like the next time, if anyone's listening, well, I know people are listening, 
But the people who are listening, the next time you want to get a dog, I want to propose to people, or if you know someone who is saying, oh, does anyone know where I could get this kind of a dog? Is like, right. go, go to the animal shelter and yep. allow yourself to be open and see if one comes to you and have that yep. experience. Because some people don't even go. They'll say, oh, I could never go there. It's too sad. Well, I mean, there's a lot of it, dogs and animal shelters. In fact, we have many animal shelters in LA, but right. there's a lot of good people there taking care of these dogs. Yeah, There's people who go in. I mean, we've got the photographers who go in. They take a treat that other people have sent donations. These dogs sit. They're yeah. nice dogs. There's a lot of nice dogs there. So it's not that you have to be scared. Some of these dogs will be adopted tomorrow. Some of them will be rescued and placed right. in homes but there's a lot more than going to the shelter and knowing oh every dog is going to end up you know euthanized some do but a lot of them are getting excellent care and would be a great fit for your house so here's our plug to at least go try it go to a shelter allow yourself to see if a dog that you're looking for comes to you and you have that experience right And all mine came through rescues. Oh, absolutely. um, I think that being open to, if we can plant a seed for people to be open to it, that would be um, a good But that was a big part with Cajun, that he wouldn't have been who he was without having had gone through that horrendous experience and then being taken to a shelter and rescued. That was, as you said at the beginning of this, that was a part of his life. You use the same word traumatic when you talk about the book that you wrote. That it, <laughs> <No>. and, <laughs> so you, you did. You very used, insightful. Somebody used the word about it being trauma, but it, the irony is, we talk about animals and their gifts. Is that mm-hmm. you came through your own trauma with the help of who? Right, Cajun. Yes. Now Cajun has helped you get through a trauma too. Yes. I love that. I didn't see that at first. That's very insightful. I didn't think of that. I mean, I knew if you asked me to go back, if I were sitting in a therapist's office, but if you asked me to go back, this would be what would come out. But that's very insightful because it's true. It's true. We had, we had that in common, but it was also what he helped me get through and as I helped him get through his own and you weren't even aware of it and I think that's why I love doing this is that a lot of people when whether they have a session with me or they just look back on their own lives we start we can connect the dots on the dogs as well and how they're whether communicating with us or just gifting us and teaching us something and if you hadn't been open to a shelter dog, you would right. have had this wonderful gift. So, but the yes, gift that's a is on, shelter dog. Yeah, and and the gift's ongoing because yes, if I you know I look in the paper all the time, and when I I was out at the shelter a few weeks ago, if there had been I sh- I have two dogs. I really Mm -hmm. don't need three or four, right? (laughs) But but if there had been the one that I felt was right for my dog family and human, I would have taken him or her. Yeah. Um, So that's the ongoing gift that Cajun gave me too. That yes, that that is a place that has um, need 
and mm-hmm. and another gift. It's it's the ongoing thing. It's not just the one shot. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yes. You have the ability with dogs, but probably also because of your background with children and education, those walls are critical to they be, are. begin to breach, especially now in 2020, 2021 and forever. Though that's it's a huge, it's not a small deal. It is um the difference between how we all are going to live on this planet forever, whether it's with our dogs or the whales or people. Um, Thank you. So, yeah, that's you know, why I, really I do this. I really respect what you do. Yeah, I love when people get it and join yeah. the wagon of yeah. what I'm trying to do. But yeah, I love so what it. you're doing to wrap up okay. uh, with the dog stories. That I, because I also want, I believe that as people connect with their dog stories, and I, and like in your own work with Cajun, I believe that you will come to have less grief and guilt about his final days as you revisit the dog stories. And that many of us connect more deeply with our dogs or any of our pets when we share those stories. Yes. And that this the mission behind that is that when we if we share our dog stories i believe that we are less likely to treat our dogs poorly because we are more connected to them and right. we're more connected to each other and if we have to connect through to each other through our dog stories so be it right you know we just need to connect right or the shelters will continue to be good point. and people will continue to be you know disconnected right been lovely chatting with you thank you so much much i had so much fun i just want to thank you if people want to get your book where can they get it well hopefully your local bookstore i like to plug that even during a pandemic but you can always buy it on amazon okay but start with your local bookstore they can get it to you and um definitely read it i read it and loved it Thank you, Brooke Newman, for joining us at Talking with the Dogs, learning more about dogs, their stories, and what we can do to help them have their best lives. If you'd like to work with me, you can find me at talkingwiththedogs.com. You can book a session to find out what your dog wants or needs you to know. In the meantime, I hope you'll have a great day talking and listening to your dog. Mm-hmm.